Hi, I'm Liz Winstead. I'm Mojiella Wodeal. And we're the hosts of Feminist Buzzkills, the only weekly podcast that helps you navigate the post-row hellscape. We dissect all the news from that sketchy intersection of abortion and misogyny with our guests, the abortion providers and activists working on the ground. Plus, we have amazing comedians to help us laugh through the rage. Feminist Buzzkills drops Fridays wherever you get your pod fix. Listen and subscribe, because when BS is popping, we pop off. Hi, and welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and today, of course, it's a pleasure for an early Christmas uh, present to have with us Michael Cohen, often described as Donald Trump's fixer, uh, his attorney, and uh, worked with him for many years. Um, Michael has, well, Michael, I, you can talk all about that yourself, but he, uh, he had his trip through the court system and found himself at odds with the Trump administration. And when we come back, we'll be happy to talk to him about all of that. And Merry Christmas, everybody. Hi, and welcome back to Just Ask the Question. With me is uh, Michael Cohen. Mike, thanks for you know joining us here today. I appreciate it. Well, you know, I t promised you when you did Maya Culpa that I was going to do yours. And uh, despite what the president likes to say, I do always keep my word. Listen, he doesn't, but let's. <laughs> well, I've always said with Donald Trump, it's one way, right? It's like First Avenue in, Man in Manhattan. Yeah. So I'll just ask the title of the show is Just Ask the Question. So I'll just ask you the question What would you like to give Donald Trump for Christmas? I'd like to give him nothing. Um, honestly, I would like just to him for him to leave and keep his mouth shut for the next four years so that we now have an adult in the White House. We can get the pandemic under control. We can get back into the Paris Climate Accord. We can start dealing with our adversaries the way our adversaries should be dealt with and a hundred other things. I would like to see people like Reality Winner um, you know, um, returned home. She was the whistleblower that was actually helping to save the country, who's now incarcerated. I'd like to see somebody from the Biden administration really get down on the issue of prison reform, uh, something that needs a tremendous overhaul. I'd like to see somebody in the Biden administration be able to talk about immigration and get our immigration um, status under control as well. You know, there's just so much that needs to be infrastructure. Let's talk about infrastructure. Oh, this, we've I don't, talked I mean, about it for country, four years. Yeah. We've talked I mean, about, this country is about in, it. This country's really looking terrible and we really need a facelift. Something that I talked about with Trump when he was candidate Trump uh, all the time, that all he needed to do in this 
four-year period is pass one great piece of legislation. But the guy is so ignorant and arrogant that the thing that was easiest to do, he just couldn't do. Could you imagine? The guy touted himself as, I'm a builder, I'm a builder, I'm the greatest, right? You know, I can do this. All he And then he went to the Arab Emirates on our dollar, on the taxpayer right. dollar, with little boy Kushner, right? And a couple of other people. They met with the heads of the Saudi, of Saudi Arabia, of the Emirates, of you know, all of the Middle Eastern country came back touting he raised $250 billion for the infrastructure fund. They did the same in China, and then he did the same in Japan. $750 billion he claims that he raised. Using Wall Street abilities in order to do multiples, we could have had $7.5 trillion of funds in order to put into infrastructure. We, in essence, could have rebuilt the vast majority of this country, the roads, the bridges, the highways, the tunnels, everything that's falling apart and becoming decrepit. We could have done that using foreign capital. What? But no, no, he had to use, he had to start off with the Steve Bannon, Steve Miller Muslim ban. I mean, that's just, that's just the way do you want to come right out of the rip of the gate. Right. Well, that's, you worked with him for years what was you know i've always wanted to ask you what the attraction was but why why didn't he listen why didn't he listen to you why did he listen to, to bannon instead of you well you have to remember i number one i was there for over a decade it was closer to 12 years and then the year post when he became president in in 2017 talk so yeah, it's, it's many yeah talk about mea culpa is mea maxima right. culpa and, you know, I talk about a lot of this in my book, Disloyal. Um, why? First and foremost, the Trump organization is a cult. And everything from the second you walk into the building, the Trump Tower, you get onto the Trump elevator, and you go and you have, you know, a bottle of water that's waiting for you, that's Trump ice, right? And if you want to go down and have some lunch, you're having it at the Trump Grill, right? Or at the Trump Cafe, or if you want to have a smoothie made, it's at the Trump ice cream farm. You understand the point I'm trying to yeah, make? Everything yeah, is Trump, 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 Trump. That's right. It's all Trump all the time, right? It's like WINS News. I mean, it's all Trump all the, <laughs> all the time. And I saw that movie. <laughs> and, and what happens is you start to believe the bullshit that everybody is spewing. We're the best. We're the greatest. But here's the part that I talk about again in the book, Disloyal. Whatever we were doing there, it really didn't fucking matter, right? He's a small real estate guy in New York City, right? It doesn't right. really expand other than, say, for example, a golf course in North Carolina or some property in Florida, which is some, it's somewhat substantial. But other than that, he's got his house in California and one golf course out there, right? I mean, you're not talking about a conglomerate a, a nationwide conglomerate or an international conglomerate we were a small microcosm of the real estate industry predominantly in new york well that's well, what we were so it didn't matter it's not like now when this bloviated asshole opens up his mouth it's not just you and me and your listeners listening to the things that he's saying it's the whole world and he just right. doesn't get that that words matter well, yeah, I, I'm covering him for four years. I understand he does. He doesn't understand that words matter. But what I, I I've tried to put my finger on it for the four, for the last four years. What attracts someone to Donald Trump, and why do they stay loyal to him in 
in, in face of facts, which clearly show, and I mean, I've talked to Trump supporters that go, yeah, I know he's full of shit, but I still love him. I mean, how is that? That, that, that is like a cult. That, that's very much like a death cult. Well, everybody is kind of looking for something or for someone in order to guide them. As it related to me, and I can only really speak for myself, right. it was really the celebrity power that came with working for Donald Trump. But I wasn't just a worker, right? There's, think of it no different than Meet the Fockers, right? There's a circle of trust, and that was a handful of people excluding his children. So what were there, 10, 12 people at most that were in his circle of trust? And you felt bigger than what you actually really are or were. And then, of course, there were things that he would have me do that, you know. Such as? People that they owed, that the Trump Organization owed money to. Reach out to them, reduce the invoice, or don't pay it at all. Institute litigation, whatever it might be, right? And yes, it was certainly a, um, it was wrong and I, my, I knew it was wrong. But again, what did it really matter? It was a transaction between a New York real estate guy and a vendor, right? <laughs> You're not talking about the president of the United States with the premier of North Korea, right? right? Or the president of Russia. And he, treats about and he treats everything now like it was then. Right. Exactly the same way. He is so enamored with the likes of Kim Jong-un or Putin or, you know, Erdogan or Duterte. I mean, he's so enamored by them because they they portray to him true, raw, unobstructed power. Now, we've always heard, right, there's that expression, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Donald Trump is the epitome of that. Right. He is so over his head, drunk with power, that he doesn't know how to get away from himself. Did you see the other day the nerve of him reprimanding a reporter? You don't talk to me. I'm the president. You don't he, talk to the president like that. Who is he schooling? He's the done man that to asked me. Him a similar, the man asked him a legitimate question. Right. If you don't want to answer the question, because you don't know the answer or you don't want to answer it or because it's not benefiting you, then yeah. don't answer the fucking that, question. Like I said, but you don't reprimand somebody and make an asshole out of yourself because again, it's the whole world is watching him doing what he's doing. He's making America look stupid. Yeah. That was Jeff from Reuters. And he's uh, asked him, he's, he's had some confrontations with Trump. Trump has done the same thing to me. He's, told me to sit down, said he was going to leave a, a press conference if I didn't shut up. I didn't shut up. He didn't leave the press conference. Uh, he's, he's done that for four years. In fact, that brings me to the point I wanted to ask you. In sept on September 23rd, I actually did get a chance to ask him the question, win, lose, or draw. Would he, you know, uh, agree to a peaceful transfer of power? And we've seen what his answer is. He said then, you know, don't count all the votes and there won't be a transfer of power. And now... He's fighting tooth and nail. Every state that he's contested in has certified Biden the winner. And yet he's still promising to bring out uh, information that all of this is a, a fraud and a hoax. 
And uh, <laughs> you, you still there? Right. So uh, it, as I said, he um, has gone down this path where he's you know not going to turn. We've seen that he doesn't want to, he's going to fight even though he has lost in all these states. He's continuing to claim that there's a hoax when there is none. Do you expect that he'll ever, ever concede this election or is he going to tear the country apart trying to stay in the White House? Okay, so let's start with the first question. Donald Trump will never, and I want your listeners to hear me very carefully. Like I said 20 months ago, it was I who made, who put those words into the sentence. When I stood up before the House Oversight Committee and I said to Congressman uh, Elijah Cummings, the great Elijah Cummings, yeah. right? God rest his soul. I said to him, there will never be a peaceful transfer of power under Donald Trump. And that was something that brought me to, to that moment in my, in my life uh, in terms of getting up and speaking before the oversight committee. I know what I'm saying because my predictions have all come true. I've also said that Donald Trump will never, ever concede. His ego, his fragile ego does not permit him to concede. Are you kidding me? Joe Biden beat me, that loser. The problem for him is by him making that statement, he now has to recognize, no, I'm the loser. And right. his fragile ego cannot handle that. So Donald Trump will never, ever concede. There's a second reason that not only that he can't concede, he will not concede because this is how he's going to now make money. The grifter yeah. in chief is going to look, and he's one thing he's not is stupid when it comes to when it comes to money right. in terms of grifting it off somebody else. Yeah, he's already grifted I, 150 million off of his voters that support him. And I figure he's a quarter away to his goal. He wants to pay the 400 million that he owes to outstanding banks, and he's going to continue hitting up his supporters for as long as he can for as much money as he can. And how he's figured this out. He's a guy who just knows some very basic mathematics. He has in his mind 100 million followers. Okay, right? It's a lot of followers. He refuses to acknowledge, though, that the 100 million followers are not 100 million supporters. There's right. a big difference. Right. People just want to come on to his Twitter to say, go fuck yourself, Donald. <laughs> right. Right. They want to post memes of him naked getting spray tanned. Right. Or sitting on the beach in Mar-a-Lago, you know, nude with his ass crack. That's what they that's what they want to do. But he doesn't understand that. However, what he does understand is that he only needs 10 percent of that in order to really make a lot of money. So let's just play with math for a second. If he's able to get 10 million subscribers to this Trump network that he's in the process of putting together, and he's been talking about this since 2015, 2016, that was part of the play when we lost the election, which is what we all expected. Right. If you have 10 million people paying you $4.99 a month, it's a reasonable number. Right. It's $50 million a month. That's $600 million a year. Rest assured, the expenses will be low. And other than trying to figure out how not to pay taxes onto it, that's more money than he's ever made, ever. Wow. So this is a real- You mean he's not a billionaire? A real, 
Yeah. This is a real opportunity for him and for his kids in order to grift some more, to take $4.99 or $50 a month from his, from his supporters who don't have the money, who right. certainly aren't billionaires. And then you see in this pack the way they set it up that the first $5,000 he's somehow entitled to do with as he wishes up to 90% of it, that, that, that. He's copying, in essence, something that somebody had told him about the Clinton Foundation, that only 10% of it had to go to charity. The other 90 was discretionary. He wants his to be discretionary too, because somebody has to pay for the gas in the 757. <laughs> they have to pay for all of his expenses and his bills and, and you know, his porn stars and his, you know, somebody's going to have to pay for and, it. And his Giuliani? And his Giuliani? Yeah, that's, a, that's some drunken fool, huh? Yeah. What this idiot has done to himself. I mean, well, the guy came, went from America's mayor to the right. laughing stock of the world, right? right? To, getting, to getting played by Borat with his hands all over a girl that he believes to be basically underage. He's just, he's just a drunk, and that's the problem. He's basically taken his entire reputation and flushed it down the toilet for Donald Trump. Yeah, by the I, way, by the way, I did the same thing. I fucked up my whole life for this man, right? I went to prison because this man got his pecker pulled by a porn star. Has nothing to do really with taxes. That's right. bullshit. That's the icing on the cake that they needed in order to make me into a bad guy so that Donald Trump could turn around and tell everybody, no, no, had nothing to do with me. It only had to do with his businesses. It's bullshit, all right? They knew it, I knew it, but when they threatened an 85-page indictment in 48 hours, mm. and that was going to include my wife, I'm not playing that game. Right. I know exactly who they are. They're all Rudy Giuliani wannabes. Yes. Do you? <laughs> and now Rudy is asking for a preemptive pardon. Does that surprise you? No. No, not at all. Let's go back to the things that were part of my testimony as well. Before the, not just the oversight, but both the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence and the Senate Select uh, Permanent Committee on Intelligence. They asked me these questions about pre-pardons and that I allegedly had asked Donald Trump for a pardon um, when all of this, right after the FBI raid and so on. That's not true. What happened was Donald Trump was on television basically dangling pardons out there on television so I said yes. to my lawyer, hey, what the fuck? If he's dangling pardons out there, I don't want to be involved in this. Who, who would want to be involved in this, right. right? So if he's out there offering pardons, let's just make sure that they don't forget about me because right. all I've done is everything that the man has asked me, and now I'm facing criminal prosecution. Well, but why is, I mean, Giuliani is already, I mean, doesn't that presuppose if you're, asking for a pardon before you've been charged that you think you're guilty of something? Look, you know, there's a very famous book by Harvey Westglade, which is called Five Felonies a Day. Everybody commits felonies. And anybody that wants to put themselves out there as holier than now, it's a lie. You know it, I know it, and, you know, and so does God. All right, everybody, everybody has done something, right, that if the prosecutors want to, hence the term, right? Uh, hence the adage, you can indict a ham sandwich. You right. can indict anybody that you want. 
that's not what this is. That's not where the problem really lies, because somebody who led the Southern District of New York as a supposed qualified lawyer is too mm -hmm. stupid to acknowledge. Forgetting about the implication of public opinion. If Donald Trump pre-pardons Rudy Giuliani or anyone for that matter, you are no longer protected by the Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination because you cannot be charged. You have a pardon. Right. But God forbid you lie. That pre-pardon goes away. Hey, yeah. So what, what, that's not in Donald Trump's best interest because if he pre-pardons Rudy, you have to testify. You don't get the ability to say, oh, I'm not testifying, right? Or I'm taking the fifth on that question. You don't get to take the fifth on anything. You have to answer it, which means that Rudy could potentially implicate Donald, Don Jr., Ivanka, Eric, Jared, others. <laughs> so Donald no, Trump- Michael Flynn could do the same thing. Well, he sure can, except yeah. um, <laughs> I'm not so sure that Michael Flynn- has the goods yeah, right. on what could really cause Trump more more problems. I think a lot of the stuff that came when Rudy finally came on, right? right. That stuff that I believe um, is well, problematic for him. If anybody's got the goods on him, it might be you. Uh, what, what do you think? Um, do you think the whole family is guilty of, uh, I mean, you mentioned Ivanka, the kids. I know you've said before that the kids don't want to be like their dad. Uh, and yet here we are. Do you think that there are, there are, do you know of things that are out there that could hang Donald Trump once he gets out of office? Yes. And they're actually being investigated currently by both the New York attorney general, Tish James, uh, as well as uh, the district attorney here in New York, Cyrus Vance. Uh, they're looking into all sorts of insurance fraud, bank fraud, um, you know, money, uh, money laundering, um, I mean, all sorts of criminal, you know, acts. Uh, Tish James was very interesting when she came out on television, said that the actions that they're looking at are, she believes, civil in nature, right? right. Uh, whereas Cyrus Vance is actually looking at criminal, you know, where you have the inflation and the deflation of the value of his assets in order to secure uh, loans at pro at better rates or to pay less in taxes by decreasing the value of the asset as opposed to on his personal financial statement where um, he inflates them for bank purposes. Have that's you, all, That's a criminal matter. Have you talked to them? Have you talked to those investigators? I have. Uh, they came. They saw me up when I was in Otisville on several occasions. I've spoken with them since my return. Um, not the first return, but the second return. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, this is some group of people we're dealing with here. You know, I'll tell you something. I'll, when I was watching the election night and I started to see the pattern very much as I did in 2016, that Biden was, the, was going to win this, um, I had such a sense of relief. And it wasn't like a gleeful, you know, joy that the guy lost. I am happy about that, right? But more relief because I don't believe that this country, I don't believe that the world can sustain 
another four years because had he won, especially in light of all of the crazy things that he has done, all of the crazy shit that he's pulled, if he won, could you imagine how emboldened he would be yes. to press the envelope even yes. farther? Of course. I, I mean, I, the man through his through his attorney general, this disgraceful fat fuck, this Bill Barr, right? <laughs> could you imagine? I think that's actually a good description. Disgraceful fat fuck. <laughs> I, I to to have me remanded back to prison because I refused to waive my First Amendment constitutional right because I wanted to publish my book. Right. To send me back to put me for another 15 days into solitary confinement, making it 51 days of solitary confinement for what? A tax issue? A tax issue? I'm a guy who has never not filed my tax return. I have never actually until 2017, I've never even filed for an extension. I've never had overseas bank accounts. I've never had an overseas business. I mean, you know, I have never had a nominee or fake wire transfers like Manafort did. I've never had a tax issue in my whole life. So there's an error. I get granted, there is an error. And I'm suing my accountant, my former accountant, Jeffrey Getzel for it. The case is going to um, to the courts on Feb in February. I mean, I'm not playing games here. And I go to jail? Really? Why? And anybody that doesn't believe that this was because Donald Trump was involved in it is right. crazy. There's, and and they're, they're as crazy as he is. Do you think his kids are culpable? Absolutely. How about Do if I say it this way? 100%. Yeah. Do you think that he'll be indicted once he leaves office or his children will? I believe both. But I think he poses a very unique and problematic issue for our Department of Justice. Um, as the president of the United States, there's certain information that he has inside you know, his head that is of national security. Right. And number one, I don't trust Donald Trump outside of the White House that he won't sell these secrets anyway, right. or while trying to brag to Vladimir Putin or to Mohammed bin Salman or to somebody else that he doesn't divulge classified information because he's that childish. He's infantile. I mean, the man didn't sit for one single briefing from soup to nuts. He would have people sit there, come give him the 30 minute or the 30 second, uh, you know, um, cliff note version because he didn't have the patience to sit there. The man's never read a memo in his life. I mean, when he would tell people, give it to me in charts and diagrams, how do you chart and diagram all of these issues? I mean, this is in third grade. Right. You know, he wanted the prestige of the office of the presidency. But none of the But he didn't want to do the work. Right. He didn't want to do any of the work. His gut knows more than the four-star generals. His gut knows more than Dr. Anthony Fauci about medicine, right? His gut knows more about everything, right? Well, yeah, than, I mean, than those he, were experts. Until he came along, I didn't know you could inject Clorox and, and cure the coronavirus, but hey, what do I know? <laughs> wait, 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 you, wait, you can't? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, you know, it's a tough room. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> right. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. 
Well, time to pay the bills, folks. And this one I, I don't mind doing. If <laughs> Actually, I've actually used this. If this 2020 holiday season feels like it's been a long time, come and make it worth the wait with Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks makes the perfect gift for family and friends or to treat yourself all shipped directly to your door. They offer everything you need to bring families together for a delicious holiday feast. Okay, or maybe not, maybe just a delicious festival. Uh, their deluxe grillers assortment package includes a variety of entrees, sides, and desserts. Right now, you can get this mouth-watering package. I, I've never actually seen a mouth water. Oh, well, anyway, plus four free burgers and a free digital meat thermometer. And we all need a good meat thermometer. And exclusive price only available to uh, our listeners. So go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code question into the search bar. Get a jump on gift shopping with Omaha Steaks. You know, Omaha Steaks isn't just a steak. It, it's actually a, a lot of them. It's a fantastic gift and a safe way to share the joy of the season with Omaha Steaks. Guaranteed quality and safety with every order. Order the Deluxe Grillers Assortment Package today, and you'll receive four free Omaha Steak Burgers and a free digital meat thermometer. That's just a great straight line I won't use. When you go to omahasteaks.com and type question in the search bar, that's omahasteaks.com and type question. And if you need to spell it, it's Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N in the search bar. And you'll shop for the best gourmet gifts of the season I, I like a good raw steak, so uh, enjoy it. It is a lot of fun. I'm telling you, you know, it's a tough room. I'm here, I'm here with Michael Cohen. It is Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Kerman. It's a pleasure. I mean, Michael, you really need no introduction, but I guess uh, going forward, what do you see five years from now from Donald Trump? Do you think uh, he's going to be obviously you think there's problematic it's problematic to prosecute him not so much as children i guess but uh do you see any of them doing jail time or do you see any of them uh shutting up one can only hope (laughs) (laughs) right i i I truly want to be in that courtroom when the judge smacks the gavel and one or all of them are remanded to Otisville or some other institution. I really do. And I and I I really since being in prison, I don't I don't want this on anybody. I really don't. Unless, you know, unless you've committed a violent crime. I really don't want this on it. It is a horrible, horrible, degrading experience, which is what it's intended to do. But when you have somebody who's in a white collar situation and somebody who was so heavily involved in the both creation and the destruction of this man's presidency, meaning myself. There are so many of the correctional officers that work there that are diehard Trump supporters that the things that they would do and their behavior towards me was so over the top Right. Cruel, cruel. Right. Um, I don't want to see this on anybody, but I do hope that they get to experience it so that they can understand that what they had done to me was so life changing. You never come back from this. I mean, I'm home now six months as a result of this coronavirus pandemic and my and my release, um, you know, pursuant to this first step act. 
you don't get past it. Right. And I know people, they think, oh, yeah, well, he's home. He's with his wife. He's you know how hard it is? You, you have flashbacks while you're awake. But just think about how terrible it is when you're, when you're sleeping and your mind is really wandering and you have no control over it. I, I've never done time in a federal pen. I, I did it in a county lockup because I had a, a, a source I wouldn't give up. I, I, but I do know of what you speak. And it, it takes a, took me a long time uh, to feel anywhere near normal when I got out. And I wasn't in that long. It was a couple of weeks, but it, 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 it does something to you. I don't, I do understand. I do empathize with it. But 51 uh, days of yeah. solitary confinement. Yeah. That's a bit much. I, yeah, they, they, that's, that's yeah. That 103 degrees. There's no ventilation. The window was broken. I mean, they had shattered the window. So there was a piece of the glass that was missing. So when it would rain, it would rain in on me when the flies in the, in the morning would come in, they would end up in the room. It was, it was disgusting. The toilets, the sinks, the whole room is filthy. I mean, I asked for plastic and some scotch tape so I could tape over the broken glass. No. So then I ended up taking two pairs of socks and using that to stuff up the broken, the, the hole in the broken glass. Right. I mean, why? Why? What did I? What did I do? I've paid millions and millions of dollars in taxes, millions. And there's an error. By the way, what people don't know is the error that I that existed for those five years on my taxes. I paid it prior to sentencing, so well, I don't know. It's, it's I don't know on the on the taxes anymore. It's, it, it's the uh, it, it's the relationship. You know why you were there. It's as you said. It's the Donald Trump relationship and and uh, you know the hooker pulling his pud. And you know how hard it is every day waking up. There's a there's a sadness that this institution creates in you. It's it's beyond anything that I could even describe to your listeners. And then you have to fake the smile. You have to. You have to fake um, being alive because I have to do that for my wife, my daughter, and my son, who I owe everything to. You, you know, it's just, it's, it's horrific. The experience is horrific. And what's worse than horrific is I, t I got it five times more than anybody else because of so many of these correctional, um, these correctional officers. It's just, just, it was just terrible, really, truly terrible. Do you think that Donald Trump will ever face anything like that? I can only hope. <laughs> but I will tell you what I do enjoy. I enjoy, yeah. as you were talking about, there's about, what did he file, 34 actions in different yeah. states, and he's lost, like, what, 28 of, of them? So yeah. or is, it, is it all 34 well, right I, now? I don't know, if he, but most of them, yeah. So each and every time that they declare, like what just happened uh, with, um, <laughs> with Ducey, um, right. where – you know, he certified Joe Biden is the winner and that Donald Trump is the loser. I'm enjoying this more than if it was a blowout on election night, because <laughs> the way I see it for Donald Trump, each and every time that they declare, you know, another state, he's losing the election again. again. <laughs> and it's like, again. And it's like a death by a thousand cuts, which <laughs> yeah. which I really hope is I hope that it hurts him. And I hope that his children and Jared and Mark Meadows, you know, and Jim Jordans and Mitch McConnell's of the world. I hope that they suffer. I really, I really do because 
they've made not just me, they've made the whole country suffer. And they deserve they deserve just a, a smidgen to feel what the rest of us are feeling. Why do you think they threw in, I mean, the, the Republican Party, at least the Republican Party I grew up knowing, doesn't exist anymore. Why did they sacrifice all of it for Don, on the altar of Donald Trump? Because they're stupid, right? And it's, and it's, it's you know, they, they well, themselves. there is that. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> you right. nailed that one. <laughs> why, why did I, why did I lose my moral compass when I was brought up so right by my parents, you know? And um, I mean, I have, you understand that in my entire life, I have one speeding ticket in 1985 while I was driving back to school in Washington, that one speeding ticket in my whole life, that's my brush with the law. And then this, and I allowed my moral compass to, to denigrate because Trump asked me to do it. Why they're doing it, they're afraid that they're gonna lose their job. It's all about their own job security. When they turn around and say, I'm doing this for you, they bang their hand. Some hold the thumb up, some hold the thumb in, right? Some hold it in between. Who knows, right? I'm they're, all, up their ass. <laughs> they're all full of shit. They're all, it's all about their own job security. They don't care about the American people. They don't care. They're just like Trump, but they're mini Trumps. They only care about themselves. Yeah. Trump is the most narcissistic person I think I've ever covered or known or met. Um, it's it, it, with the possible exception of, of Mitch McConnell. And I think Mitch would throw Trump under the bus if he had to. And I know Trump would throw him under the bus in a heartbeat. Um, but is it, when you talk about your own uh, interactions with Donald Trump and, you know, the title of your show is Maya Culpa. And I, I encourage our listeners to, to give it a listen. It's definitely worth listening to. I understand the concept of mea culpa being a, a nice Catholic boy. Uh, is there anything that you did? Is there any one specific thing that you did for Donald Trump that you truly wish you hadn't done that you look back and go, man, that wasn't me. I, I should not have done that. Is yeah, I should not have. I should not have accepted the job from him really? in 2007. I didn't need the money. I was financially very well off. I was semi-retired at 39. I didn't go to work for Donald Trump for the money. I, I allowed the celebrity power to really influence me in a way that didn't really, I, I shouldn't have because I've known celebrities my whole life. And how he managed to be that, that cult leader in my life, I didn't even know that I was looking for and then falling straight into it. I don't know. Are there things that I have done for him that I should not have? Um, there's just too many to count. I talk about it a lot in the book. Right. Um, you know, and, and look, I say this all the time, not just because I wrote it. If you really want to truly understand Donald Trump and not listening to these talking heads on television that are spewing my words as if it's, as if it's theirs, right? Yeah. Um, I've, they, I've seen like, that. Like I watch some of these people and I just have to, I get so angry. Well, you know, when I met Donald Trump, you met Donald Trump for five minutes in a standing line. You don't have right. the right to, to express an opinion about his character. You know, it's, it's just, it's not fair because you don't have the requisite knowledge to do so. You know, there are so many stories that I tell. If you really want to understand 
what a narcissistic sociopath is, you have to read Disloyal. If you want to understand Trump derangement syndrome, you have to read Disloyal. If you want to understand what we're all going through on a day-to-day basis of Trump fatigue, you got to oh, read, yeah. read the book. You got. Oh, and by the way, something you may not have known, the, how I came up with the name of Maya Culpa happens to be my initials on top of everything. That's <laughs> yeah, where, I, that's I where that. it came from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just figured you were an altar boy like me at some point in time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you were, were you an altar boy? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I grew up in the, in the yeshiva. You know, with the yarmulke that sits it and little kiss curls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that was our priest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> up, to, up to fifth grade. And then I said, you know, I met um, I met this girl named Mary and I decided, you know what? I had enough. Well, yeah. I, 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 yeah well, she was probably a good Catholic girl. And her name was Mary. <laughs> yeah, she, she was. She was beautiful. Yeah. And that's what did it for me. Yeah. <laughs> you should join the priesthood. I go, nope, 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 nope. It's, it's, not, it's not really a good job for a, crack, for a good Catholic boy. It's not. <laughs> my, and my Jewish grandmother used to tell me, I, you, you, you take it too seriously. You take religion too seriously. <laughs> so at least, you know, I, so I gave it all up for Lent. Uh, so <laughs> where do you think, uh, do you think that uh, we can recover from what we've gone through? Do you think that the United, because right now, and, and I ask that in all sincerity, because not just because of the death threats I get on a daily basis or the, or the, you know, the insults and the hatred, but it just seems like he's fomenting more shit. And we all know, we know, you and I know, and those closest know this is a con. But there are those who firmly believe, and they'll be violent. Now, I don't think there's going to be a, a, you know, a revolution or a civil war, but I do believe that he's making it extremely difficult for uh, Biden to do his job. And I think it's going to be extremely hard for this country to bind its wounds. Do you think we can get past Donald? So I think I think um, President-elect Biden has a real dilemma on his hands. The first is, as I expressed previously, what is what's his reaction going to be as far as pardoning potentially Trump when Trump um, leaves office? Very much, you know, like um, Ford and, and Nixon. Right. Um, that's something that Biden has said that he wants to consider because he wants the country to heal, which goes to your question. The problem is the Democrats have been saying for so many years now, during all of these investigations, the Russia investigation, Mueller reports, this oversight committees, the Ukraine, you know, committees, no one is above the law. Well, that creates a real problem because <laughs> yes, what you're saying is that Donald Trump can pull all of this bullshit and he's still above the law. Not only is he above the law, he has these sycophants that are willing to part with their hard-earned money, right, to give it to him on a monthly basis so that he could continue to earn and earn more than he's ever earned before in his life. So the dilemma is very circular here. And I believe that Joe Biden should step away, that he should allow his attorney general to make the decisions on whether to prosecute Trump and family Trump and cohorts, right? Trump and his criminal friends. 
that right. they should prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law, because that to me would really show that the the adage by the Democrats, no one is above the law, really means that no one is above the law. Well, and that I, I take your point, and there are those who believe that you can't unify if you're prosecuting them, and those who believe you can't unify if you don't. I don't think there's any doubt that, and you, you spoke about it earlier, you've already testified before some of the people in New York. I assume, I'm just assuming that even if there are federal pardons, uh, I mean, on the last day, if he pardons himself, pardons his kids, pardons, you know, Jesus, God, Satan, and, you know, uh, the towel boy down the street, there'll still be state charges to face, that he won't be able to avoid those. But to the point of the question is, either or, if he's prosecuted only by uh, the state, or, or if he's prosecuted by both feds and the state, or not prosecuted at all, can the country move past Donald, or will he try to make sure that we don't? He has to make sure that we don't, because by sowing chaos, you know, I always call him Captain Chaos. By sowing chaos, he's going to continue to keep his supporters in his, in his pocket, right? He needs right. this. This is the grift. Guys, this is the grift that I'm talking about. And his feeling is so what? I'll start off with 20 million supporters, 80 million, right? You're talking with 40 million. It's 100 and it's 200 million, 200 million a month, 2.4 billion a year if they all stay with him, which they won't, right? Right. So then he'll lose some of them, but he doesn't care, right? That's the whole point. And he needs to sow as much chaos in order to show his supporters. You see, all of you stupid people out there, the whole Democratic Party, all of you that didn't vote for me, I told you that I'm the only one that can do this job. I'm the only one, right, who could be president of the United States. I'm the only right choice, but you guys allowed the election to be stolen from me and from right. us, meaning his supporters. So he needs to sow the chaos. It's just so, it's so obvious. Do you think he runs for re-election in 2024? No, I think there's a better chance you're going to run yeah. in 2024 than he, <laughs> right? I, I think you there's know, a better chance you'll be elected in 2024 than he. Well, unfortunately, as a felon, you, you can't, can't run right. for federal office. But I That's could run it. for mayor. I could run for mayor of New York. I there could you run go. For, I could run for state. You just can't run for federal. For federal. But I don't think he'll run for, I think he's just in for the grift. I don't think he ever wanted, you know, and you were closer to him than I've only covered him for four years. And look, I'm not going to be one of those guys who pretend like I know him intimately. I don't. I only know from covering him and being in the room with him and his actions that he's a, con but you know, I grew up among lawyers and uh, car salesmen and reporters. I, I know bullshit when I smell it and he's full of it. I don't think he'll run in 2024. I think he's going to try and milk as much money as he can out of his supporters and then run off into the underbrush and disappear. Well, he won't run away because he will have then built off the back of his supporters a Trump network that will continue in perpetuity. You know, I remember sitting in his office once and Jared Kushner came in and, went, and he was talking about the power of the press being an owner because there's a very close relationship that exists between Ivanka and Jared and Rupert and Wendy Murdoch. Yeah. 
And, you know, they used to always say on how powerful Rupert Murdoch was as the owner of, right, you know, the Post and, right. and um, Fox and all that. Well, Jared then used to brag about, even with his paper, which was a piece of shit called The Observer, that right. was, in honest, it had the circulation one-tenth the size of Penny Saver, right? <laughs> I, I mean, and it had less content than Penny Saver. The Observer, he would talk about how it gave him all of this power. And, that's, and that was intriguing to Trump. It was extremely intriguing to Trump. And that's the type of power that he wants, the one where he could yield and, or wield it from his desk or from, you know, the golf cart, right, while he's, you know, kicking the ball into the fairway. You, you understand? Yeah. That's what it's all about for him. It's his next chapter. He knows that the real estate game for him is over. It's been over for a long time. Name the last building that Donald Trump built. I can't. Right, right. It was in 2005. It was Trump Park Avenue, which was a refurbishment. You know, yeah, he took over the Doral. He did this. But right. You know, that's not building a building. Right. Right. So he knows the real estate game for him is over. And really, the golf courses are, they're not income producing assets. No. So what's his next grift? The television, NBC certainly isn't going to pick him up again. He's certainly no. not going to be the banker on deal or no deal, or he's not going to be, you know, um, the host of Jeopardy. So what's his next grift? <laughs> and this is the only grift that this guy can do, right? He's going to team up with a guy like Chris Ruddy, who's a friend of his from Florida, who already has a platform on Newsmax. They already right. have stupid Sean Spicer, right? They already... They're going to probably try to persuade Sean Hannity, who has fallen deep into the cult himself, which is really a funny story because Trump doesn't care for Sean Hannity. I, I can't tell you how many times I had to intercede because Trump didn't want to talk to Sean anymore. He was angry at him for something or another, right? But somehow or another, Sean, like me, right, he doesn't need Trump, nor does he need Trump's money. He's hurting he'll, himself by being associated with him. He'll take it. Right. But for some reason, he's willing to let his moral compass fall right into the toilet, right into the sewer of Donald Trump. And that's exactly what Sean is doing. Because interestingly enough, and I don't care what anybody, including Sean himself, would say to me, Sean doesn't believe half the shit that comes out of his mouth. <laughs> well, if you're cogent, it's hard to believe most of the shit that comes out of it. it I, I'm being God's honest truth. If I walk, I sometimes I want to check his birth certificate to see if his name is really Donald Trump. When I walk in there and if they tell me the sun rises in the east, I'm checking because I have been lied to so often by this administration and by Donald Trump. I don't believe anything that comes. I mean, nothing that comes out of his mouth to me rings true nothing but he's already hasn't he already demonstrated that i believe yeah. that there's a lie count on him whereby it states that he lied to the american people at least six times a day well six I would, times a day every day he, for he four lied years. To me, he lied to me one time i think it was six times in one question that i asked him and it was like nope 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 and no in that sense so Look, we're going to take another short break. When we come back, I got a couple of a couple of thought-provoking questions for you. I hope. 
Omaha Steaks makes the perfect gift for family and friends or to treat yourself. All shipped directly to your door. They offer everything you need to bring families together for a delicious holiday feast. When you go to omahasteaks.com and type question in the search bar, that's omahasteaks.com and type question. And if you need to spell it, it's Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N in the search bar. And you'll shop for the best gourmet gifts of the season. I, I like a good raw steak, so uh, enjoy it. It is a lot of fun. Hi, we're back. It's Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karaman. With me is Michael Cohen. And Michael, I, to continue our, our thoughts earlier, I'd love to ask you if there's, if you could share with us perhaps something you've not shared about Donald Trump before, or have you shared at all? Is, is there something that about Donald Trump that would shock, amaze, enlighten, frighten anyone that you haven't shared before? You know, that's a very broad question. Yes, it is. Much, there's much that I have not shared about him personally. There's much that I have not shared about him personally. Um, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you something. He okay. he truly does not like any of the spouses that his ch- children married, which I wow. found very interesting and critical of them in ways that, you know, I'm a father. I have two children, a 25 year old daughter and 21 year old son. And I've what you know, whether they bring home boyfriends or girlfriends, there's a certain line that you just don't cross because nothing good can come out of it. I mean, the things that were said about each of the various spouses are, they're stomach cringing. I mean, you know, you just don't go there, especially when they're not girlfriend or boyfriend at that time, but fiance, he, I, I, I don't know how to explain the deficiency that goes on inside of his head when he doesn't even have the smarts to understand that you hope that these two stay together forever and that before they're even married, you're already tarnishing the relationship that you could possibly have with that person. And I just never understood well, what, what was said? going on inside, inside of his head when he would say such terrible things. I mean, such like he as? said to, I'll give you such as. So, I mean, you're really going to press this, yeah. right? Son of a bitch, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, for example, he never liked Laura Trump at all. He didn't want Eric to marry her. He wanted Eric to marry this girl named Amanda that worked in the office. Or um, he was interested in, uh, what, was, what was her name? Diana Mendoza who won Miss Universe, right, for for Eric. Right, as if Eric deserves a Miss Universe. Can you imagine? <laughs> right. <laughs> that's another question. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother yeah. animal in and of itself. Yeah. But, and he would say he would constantly attack Laura's looks to Eric on a regular basis. And I never really understood why. And as an outsider who was an insider, it was so difficult for me to sit there in the room and to listen to it. Many times I just picked myself up and I, and I left. Like I said in the book, Disloyal, he used to attack Don Jr. 
all the time for anything and everything. There's really some crazy, crazy um, father-son relationship that goes on there. I mean, yeah. to the point where Don used to say, I don't want to be anything like my father. Meanwhile, he's becoming his father, yes, which to did. me is the most disappointing thing. So the attacks on the, on the spouses, to me, was just something I never really fully understood. And yet, you know, once Laura started kissing his ass and going out there on television and hamming it up for him, all, all of a sudden, in front of everybody at this, in, in Washington at this, at this um, benefit, he starts talking about how he didn't like her. And he's, and he's in her face saying it. I didn't like her. I didn't like her at all. Not one bit. And then all of a sudden I'm watching television and I see Laura is up there and she's talking about me and it's beautiful. And then, so he said, so I invited her over and all this other crap. So in order for Donald Trump to say anything positive about you, whether he believes it or not, you have to blow smoke up his ass. Well, I mean, that's just, that's just deranged. Hence why I always keep calling you Trump derangement syndrome. He's got it. And he wants everybody in the planet to have, you know, to have it. Do you think there's any hope for his kids? No, no. You know, they're all emotionally deprived. You know, he abandoned them when they were young. Could say whatever you want about Ivana, right? She's got her problems too. Don't get me wrong, right? right? But at the end of the day, she raised those kids. And I want to, and I want to tell you something. The relationship that they have with their father far exceeds the relationship and tolerance that they have for their mother. And yet how fast they fucking forgot how she was the one that raised them while he was off gallivanting, doing what he does best, which is lie and bullshit. Right. And And around on his wife. Right. I mean, they basically have no tolerance for the mom. They really don't see her often. They don't give her the same respect that they give their father. And yet it's just so easy for them to forget how important she was in making them who they are. Well, maybe she should be. Maybe we should invite <laughs> her for that too. Yeah. You're making a point there. I don't know if it's the one you want. <laughs> <laughs> but I find that, I mean, I just find it's really, it's sad that, you know, she, she raised them and they abandoned her, you know, in, in labor for what? For the almighty dollar. Yeah. Don't worry about it putzes all right and this is to the three of you fucking assholes let me tell you something wait till the attorney general gets their hands on you wait till Cy Vance on what are you going to do when you don't have the Trump the, the Trump alleged fortune behind you right when you actually have to go out and work for a living like everybody else all right that I, I can't wait for that day when they get smashed financially that's even worse than them going to prison yes I, I think for the the worst prison for those who have is suddenly finding out that they're they don't have they have to do without that's yeah well that's my that's my life right now well that's um (laughs) okay i'm i I wasn't i wasn't condeming you (laughs) i'm not that big son of a bitch but that's but that's that's okay it's okay you know um i I work you know I, i work hard and i'll do with whatever i'm able to do right they cannot because their entire self-image revolves around the Trump name. And right. one thing that Trump did is he put a shit stain onto that I, name I, and that I, brand. 
and they're going to have to live. What could you imagine being Donald Trump Jr.? Right. How would you like to call up a, a restaurant and say, uh, yeah, hi, I'd like a reservation for two under Donald Trump Jr. Right. Or have a Donald Trump the third. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, how would you like to have that? Yeah. Oh, what? what yeah. Oh, uh, who are you having dinner with tonight? Oh, John Wilkes Booth the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I interviewed Mary Trump and she said the same thing. She said it's very, you know, he's kind of soiled her name and it. it she but gets Mary Trump is one very bright young lady. All right. And let me say this to you about about Mary, you know, Mary Trump, her book, which I read while I was in yeah, solitary. I, um, I, I read the book. Uh, it's very well done. Uh, it's really a psychological profile on the man based off of testimony from people around. My book goes a little bit different. It's really not, yeah, I've it's read them not both. psychologically based. But what it does is I spent. 180,000 hours with this guy. And so through example, I'm able to uh, validate her points and her book yes. actually validates mine. I think and they're so, very complimentary. Uh, they yeah. Do. Uh, yeah. And, um, and, I, and I'll tell you about soiling her name, what she did by her appearances with her straight talk, with her no nonsense attitude. Um, she has saved not the Trump name, the Mary Trump name, right. because there is nobody that would take fault with Mary Trump. Do you know what I mean? Right, She's exactly. been successful in separating herself out from the Donald Trump side of the family. Yeah, and that's a tough, that's a tough road to hoe. You just hear the last name Trump. And I, I mean, in the future, I think it's going to be, you know, akin to, uh, you know, one of the greatest traitors, you know, Benedict Arnold. I think Donald Trump and Benedict Arnold are, are destined to be uttered the same way. But I, I could be wrong. <laughs> Why are you denigrating Benedict Arnold? In such a way? <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> I gave you the setup line, goddammit. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've got to go. I see by the time you're, you, you got to head out. Yeah. I have another minute for you. Too. Okay. Well, let, let so, me... what, so go ahead. Why don't you hit me with your last, with your last <laughs> pensive questions. All right. Here's my last pensive question. Um, can Donald Trump further damage the United States after he's out of office? You worked with him. You know that he's got some of the secrets of the U S with him. Maybe not all of them. I know members of the military said, hey, shit, we ain't telling them anything. But uh, <laughs> but seriously, could he do further damage to the United States? And what should we do if you think that he can? What should we do to prevent it? Well, that's why I said that I think Joe Biden has a very difficult set of choices that are presented to him. If he allows the attorney general to go after Trump and family and friends the way that he should or she should, then I don't believe that he will be in a position to create the damage that he go. wants to create. Because Donald Trump would rather see the country burn than to see the country flourish where he's not the president. Because that would then again leave a terrible mark on his legacy as a 
you know, as a one-term president. Do you think he cares at all? If uh, I mean, my impression of him, having covered him for four years, is that he really has no concerns outside of his own uh, uh, about himself. So, uh, do you think there's any concern at all in him for the for the country as at large at whole? Let me let me break it down to you this way, Brian. All okay. right, okay. The answer is no. He doesn't care about the country as a whole. He doesn't even care about his children. He will send the children to prison before he himself goes. Wow. I want you to think about that for a second. Because yeah. I remember when we were working on the, uh, the, the case with Trump Soho, and it was either, you know, they were talking about potentially indicting Don and Ivanka for misstatements regarding that project, that real estate project, in terms of the number of units that were sold. Trump decided that, well, it's not really lying. It's just called puffing. Well, no, it was lying. And um, <laughs> we were able to to get the, the charges. Um, puffing. You know, Sounds like something that a hooker does. But I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, not if, you read Stor- not if you read Stormy Daniels' book on Trump. That would be called huffing. <laughs> But, you know, but he basically said to me that if one of the two kids has to go, make sure that it's Don, not Ivanka. I looked and I said to him, what? And he said to me, she wouldn't be able to handle it. Don's tough. He could handle it. You know, he likes all that shit. You know, he'll work out all day long. He'll join a gang there. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, what the The fuck? fuck? Right? I'm like, I'm like. I don't even know how to answer that. How do you how do you even reconcile in your head that one child over another? Okay, I gr- granted he's a sexist, right? So therefore, it's better for the guy to go than the girl to go, right? What whatever malfunction exists in the synapses of this man's brain, I truly believe that they should grant him a pardon from everything if he agrees to donate his brain at death so that we can actually examine what the fuck is in his head, right? And somehow try to pattern to see who else in this, in this country may actually have these sort of mental deficiencies, right? And right. that way we can keep an eye on them because there's something, des- there's something significantly wrong with a man that says things like this. And he's not saying it for a reaction. We no, all reacted to it. No, he's I, saying it because he fucking means it. Yeah, I, I remember there, I was talking to one of his aides and he I, I may have shared this with you before, but uh, when he went to Montoursville, Pennsylvania, he flew in and he didn't have to say this. It was just him and a couple of his close aides. They looked out at the window at the crowd that was there to support him for him. And he looked out and said, what a bunch of losers, what a bunch of suckers to his, and these are his supporters and these are his people around him. And he didn't need, there was no reason to say it other than to say it and he must've felt it. And that uh, that's very scary that that, that would come out. Unprompted. And again, I, I talk about that in the book, Disloyal. It's the uninhibited Donald Trump that you really get to understand who oh. he is as an individual. I'll give you two examples of that. One time, he, and 
one time we were on in the rose garden and he's screaming at me to sit down and i said look i'm i'm already sitting down and he looks at me and he goes yeah you are good one good one i'll remember that good one and i was like what the fuck did what the hell just happened here that guy's fucking nuts and then he was talking about uh the royals this is on in september 23rd when i asked him about you know win lose or draw and he started making fun of Miramarco, and, and he goes, uh, "I know, you know, he, he can do what he wants, but I can tell you, that she's no, you know, walk in the woods." And, and I was like, "Jesus Christ!" Well, he may be right, but he's he. There's certain things that trigger him that he he issues these uninhibited uh, criticisms or these comments that just they really do show a depth of depravity <laughs> for lack of a better term. There's just no, there's no filter there at sometimes it seems. No, no. You know, I, I would tell you the story and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Okay. We don't want to, but we don't want to bore your listeners too much, but I'm sitting in his yeah, office. No worry about that. <laughs> I'm sitting in his office and uh, there's a gentleman who runs one of his clubs who happens to be German. And he has that very thick German accent and we're sitting because there was an issue and um, that we were going over that they needed my assistance with. And I'll never forget, he stops us in the middle of the conversation and he goes, you know, I was just thinking. And he points to the guy. I don't want to mention his name because it wouldn't be right. But he says, I bet your family chased Michael's family through the red forest. Now Trump knows that my father is a Holocaust survivor. Whoa. And I sat there and I was like, what? And then I saw the, the gentleman that also works for Trump look at me and he's an elder gentleman. He is one of the nicest, most professional people I have ever, ever met in my life. He is central casting for the role and he right. is he is just a perfect employee in every single way and this took him by such surprise we both wanted to like crawl into our own assholes and die because we were both so embarrassed with not knowing what to and when we both looked at him with like dead eyes he decided that it was a good idea to repeat himself because he thought it was that funny so when you talk about being his depravity you, there is no depth to the to where he will take something <laughs> simply oh, in order simply in order just to appease some internal need to hurt somebody all the time right wow. and that that my, the fact that I didn't walk out and quit at that exact moment is something that haunts me every day and every night and every minute of every day because my father is such a sweet human being, right? And to have right. your entire childhood ripped away from you, right. right? Because of evil, right? And then to see somebody on the other side of a desk who's poking fun at that evil because they themselves are evil. That's when I should have walked and I... I'm, I'm, I'll never forgive myself, you know, for not for not walking and probably not punching him across the side of his fat head. I should have done something. And I, I was I've been angry at myself for that for 
forever. And I, and I will take that to the grave. You got there. That's what I, I wanted, wanted to hear that. I, I wondered if that had ever, had, had ever affected you. I didn't put it in the book and I'm going to tell you why I started and I actually wrote the story. And as we were going through and editing and, you know, setting up the, the book, it was actually too painful as I was writing it for me to finish it on, on paper because the story goes on. Right. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, my interaction with this, with this gentleman, this German gentleman uh, never changed. As I said before, and I'll say it forever, he is a wonderful, wonderful human being. And, you know, um, there's, (laughs) he was as taken back at the statements made by Trump as I was. And that's why when I sit and I listen to friends of mine who happen to be Jewish, talk about how Donald Trump is the only true friend to the Jewish people and of Israel, right? And that's why they're voting for him. I look at them with such disgust and I look at them as being stupider than Trump himself because no matter what anybody says, they have this picture of him. Why? Because he moved the freaking embassy, right? Right. How's that? How's that working out for Middle Eastern peace? Right. Right. What benefit did it actually do other than appease Sheldon Adelson, who stroked a massive, massive check to the RNC for Donald for well, doing that? And that and the uh, the evangelicals who believe it'll help promote the apocalypse and they'll all float up to heaven. Yeah. That's- well, that's another issue that we'll talk about on it a return podcast is, yes. you know, my, my relationship, I'm the one that brought the evangelical community to Trump, you know, through my relationship with the Falwells, wow. which is very, very close and remains close to this day. Um, well, he, you know, Trump isn't religious by any stretch of the imagination. Religious. <laughs> yeah. He had to call his sister to ask what religion they are. <laughs> oh, Christ. Seriously? Seriously. Wow. The, the last time that the guy was in church was, I think, for his, for his, uh, what do you call it? For his um, christening. I don't know. Oh. Whatever the heck it was. Right? Um, I mean, communion the, the guy, the, the communion, forget communion. The, I mean, I, I think he was like nine years old the last time that he was, that, that he was wow. in church. Come on. The, the guy is the guy is a bullshit artist. He holds up the Bible. You know, it's the, the, the only the only true book. Huh? Really? <laughs> you realize that the Bible that he got, he took out of a holiday in. Right. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean the, the guy, the guy has got a hooker's the number Bible. in the back. That's for sure. <laughs> you know? By the way, here's the hooker's number. Let's give her a holler. <laughs> it's right there in Acts, Acts 9 5. Oh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Michael, we'll have to do this again. I do appreciate your time. It's uh, it's been illuminating, enlightening, and uh, and actually kind of frightening. But um, and we and we yeah. should all be we all should be frightened because he's dangerous. And until people really start to speak out and to speak up like I am doing at tremendous cost and tremendous pain, 
to forgetting about myself. I'm talking about to my wife and to my children. Right. right? Um, we're going to be we're going to be in a real bad place, and we all have to. We all have to. I wanted the whole. Forget about the fact that obviously at the time of the inauguration, I was, um, I was in the inner circle, right? But I wanted everybody to give the guy a chance. The same as I had said in you know um, when Obama, uh, when, when Obama, said. you want the notion that you want your president to fail is as stupid as getting onto an airplane and hoping the airplane crashes. I agree. That's just how stupid it is. If if the president succeeds, the country succeeds, right? right. And they'll be like, well, the Democrats didn't want Donald Trump to, that's not true. The guy gets up at the inauguration and even I had to be honest and say something to him when I was with him in the Oval Office. I don't understand your inauguration speech. Right. We're so divided. Everybody fighting. Why not make a unified speech? And his answer to me was, fuck them. Really? Really? Are you shitting me? That was what he said to you? Fuck them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's enlightening. Frightening. Yeah. yeah. And on I, that note, yeah. Sleep well. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> up next. Jojo. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Michael. Next, the reinvent of the atom bomb. Yes. <laughs> coming, coming to a Walmart near you. Near you. <laughs> right next to the gun and lube rack. Anyway. <laughs> but wait, if you buy now, you can get 50% off on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the show is Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam. Thank you, Michael, for being here, and I look forward to having you again soon. Brian, be well, my friend. You too, brother.